This is Sustainable-ish with me, Jen Gale, and it is great to have you here. Listen in each week and I hope I can brighten up your day and leave you feeling inspired and excited about the magnificent human being that you are and the power that you have to create a better world. You won't find any expectations of eco-warrior perfection here. There's no obligatory tree hugging. You won't be judged if you drive a car, wear leather shoes, or eat the odd pack of Haribo every now and then. I'll be sharing my own gems of wisdom for sustainable-ish living, and I also relentlessly scour the internet for people doing amazing things to tackle the big environmental issues that we're facing, and I hound them until they agree to come on and inspire us all with their fabulousness and the positive change that they're making. So sit back, listen in, and get ready to change the world one baby step at a time. Hello, welcome back to the Sustainable-ish podcast. Now, if you were listening, if you tuned in last week, you will know that I am having a little break from the podcast over the summer, but that we are rerunning the fun and trawling back through the back catalogue of Sustainable-ish podcast episodes and bringing you some of my favourites. So today I am reintroducing to you episode 10 with Martin Dory, who is the founder of the Two Minute Beach Clean. And it felt appropriate to put this one out over the summer holidays because maybe a lot of us might be visiting beaches up and down the country or maybe even abroad. Obviously, we will have all travelled by train. No, seriously, no guilt, no shaming going on here. But we may all be visiting beaches or parks or areas of woodland, whatever it might be, um, and a great opportunity there to have a little two-minute litter pick. That's all we're asking for. And this idea, which Martin talks about in the podcast, and I absolutely love, of not just leaving no trace when you visit somewhere, but of actually leaving a place a little bit better than it was when you found it. So Martin has now moved on from the Two Minute Beach Clean Foundation, having built it up into this amazing charity. So it's really interesting to hear from him um, at the sort of earlier stages, I guess, of the journey um, and to sort of reflect on that uh, now that the Two Minute Beach Clean movement is um, so big and you may even see a Two Minute Beach Clean board at a beach if you visit um, over the summer holidays. So enjoy this one. As I said last week, please do let me know. Drop me an email if you remember this one from the first time round, if you're listening it to it for the first time. And really, really importantly, do let me know if it inspires you to do a two-minute beach clean, a two-minute park clean, a two-minute street clean, whatever that might be, whilst you're on your holidays. I would love to hear that. And do share it on social media as well and tag me at Sustainable-ish. Enjoy. Hello, hello, and welcome to A Sustainable Life and another episode packed with inspiration and actionable ideas for your sustainable living journey. As this episode goes live, we're right in the middle of Plastic Free July, a global movement to encourage people to reduce their consumption of single-use plastics. Since Blue Planet 2 was aired last year, it feels like the world is finally waking up to the impact of plastic pollution on our planet, which is fabulous but it can also feel really overwhelming if we're trying to do something about it too. In this episode, I'm chatting to Martin Dory, who is the founder of the Two Minute Beach Clean campaign. 
which you may have seen is a hashtag on social media. Martin is a writer, surfer and activist who wanted to take action to help to clear up the beaches near him in Cornwall. He took a picture of the litter he'd collected and shared it on social media with the two minute beach clean hashtag, thinking that if just one person joined in, that would double his beach cleaning efforts. And since then, I think that was back in 2013, over 79,000 posts have been shared on Instagram using that hashtag. And the latest estimate is that at least 130 tonnes of plastic has been picked up from beaches all around the world. Martin has now taken the next logical step and created the hashtag two minute solution. Small, easy things we can all do to reduce the amount of plastic that we're using and that ends up in our oceans. Martin's positivity is contagious, I think, and I found recording this episode hugely inspirational, and I hope you find it just as inspirational to listen to. Enjoy. Hi, Martin. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Oh, it's fabulous. Thank you so much. You've jumped on this at at very short notice, so um, thank you for that. Can you start off by introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about what you do? Um, Yes. Hello. (laughs) I'm Martin Dory. Um, I'm a writer, surfer. I suppose I'm an environmentalist, activist. Um, And uh, yeah, live in Cornwall with my girlfriend, Lizzie, and um, a collection of surfboards and a van. (laughs) That sounds pretty idyllic, is it? As idyllic as it sounds? uh it i mean you know like any life it's got its challenges but it's not bad at the moment yeah it's really exciting Um, the weather's been fantastic um it's just been a really glorious summer so it's a great time to be here yeah fabulous now i wanted to speak um to you because you are the founder of this uh sort of two minute beach clean hashtag slash movement uh on twitter and on social media Can you tell us how that all came about? Uh, Yeah, there's a long version and a short version. I'll go for the kind of short, long version, if you like. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I've been cleaning beaches for years uh, and um, it's hard to organise beach cleans. uh, And it's sometimes really dispiriting because you can um, organise a beach clean on Monday and clean up the beach. And then Tuesday, it's the same as it was on Monday before you started. So um, it, it kind of it's been a long, slow burn. Um, but basically in 2009, I set up the Beach Clean Network with a friend of mine, Tab Parry, who's still involved and has done all the design. She's a designer. Um, and the idea of the Beach Clean Network was that we would put beach cleaners in touch with people who were organizing beach cleans. So volunteers would get in touch with with organizers, mm. basically, and they would get good attendance at their beach cleans. Um, and then that kind of um, it worked, but it sort of fizzled out. We got busy doing other things. And then in 2013, or sort of in the lead up to 2013, I was writing my books and trying to put environmental messages in those books and trying to sort of have this idea that people should, everybody, everybody should be personally responsible for their own space. Um, and that kind of led to the two minute beach clean in 2013 after we had some really big storms here in Cornwall. Um, and I went to the beach and just started going and picking up litter and going back and picking up some more and picking up some more. And, and the idea of just doing a little bit at a time to try and chip away at this massive problem is what kind of started it. So I started using the hashtag in 2013, in December, I think it was, 
um, and thought, yeah, brilliant. If somebody else does it, then that's doubled my efforts. Um, And, um, and, you know, if they do more and so every time anybody does it, that's two minutes more cleaning time. Um, And the idea was to sort of do something in between the beach cleans so that we would try and inspire people to, to look at the beach and, um, and to kind of get to, to look and see, if you like. So to start looking at the beach by just doing two minutes and then and then feed into other organisations who organise beach cleans sort of once we've got them. Mm-hmm. So the idea was to try and use an audience um, that I had on social media, thanks to my books and TV stuff, uh, use that audience to try and generate something that brings new people into it. Um, and so far, I guess you could say it's been a success, I think. <laughs> Have I don't you... know. I mean, it's it's extraordinary what's happening. So, yeah, it's good. Tell us, I don't know if you've got the facts and figures off, off the top of your head, but how many people have got involved? Have you got a rough idea from what people have shared on social media? Uh, yes, I do. Um, I have a, a rough idea. Uh, 79,000 Instagram posts using the Two Minute Beach Clean hashtag wow. have been posted so far. We don't know about Twitter. What I do know, though, is that around about 200 to 250,000, I believe, people look at the Instagram page each week. That's bonkers. Uh, which is mad. Um, and uh, there have been almost half a million uses of the at Two Minute Beach Clean Twitter handle. Wow. Um, which is quite insane. So, But we know that it goes further than... Um, than social media mm. because i mean i met somebody yesterday who said oh i always do my two minute beach clean but i never post it yes. so we know that there are lots more people doing it than are posting um and you know it's become a bit of a universal and you know i, I find i talk to people all the time and, and they say oh yeah well we we do our two minute mm. beach clean or somebody said oh yeah we're doing our two minute beach clean or this that and the other so uh, it's kind of it's really hard to say how successful it is yeah but it's kind of look. We've got four hundred beach cleaning stations around the UK and Ireland, and they're getting requests for more all the time from around the world. Um, and you kind of you have to think that that's just the tip of the iceberg. Um, so yeah, it's good, <laughs> but it's hard to say. <laughs> Brilliant. It's hard to say A couple of things how... I just want to pick up on there. The yeah. the, the number of people because you know you say a lot. It's just two minutes. If you've got two minutes, everyone's got two minutes. Um, but then when you multiply those two minutes by those kinds of figures that you're talking about, it's so easy to see how our individual actions join together to actually make a collective difference. Because I think with plastics, with lots of sustainability issues, they're massive issues. And it's so difficult as individuals to feel empowered to make a difference. And this is why this is part of the reason why this is so valuable, I think. I Yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, that's that's the whole point is that um, that every action makes a difference. Mm. So and every two minute matters and it counts towards the whole. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, the movement is all about positivity. We've had this thing right from the very beginning when Dolly came on board doing the social media in 2014. Um, we agreed between us that it would be positive and it's absolutely positive and that everything you do matters. Mm. So um, every two minutes adds up to the next two minutes. And But also conversely, well, not conversely, but in the same vein, that that I don't want to be the one that walks past the piece of rope yes. that goes around the seal's neck. And that's how you make a difference yeah. because you remove that from the environment. That's why I always say 
when I do talks and stuff, because actually, um, you know, if I pick up a bottle, it will not become a thousand pieces of microplastic. Yes. Um, and if I pick up that fishing line, it won't end up round a bird's feet. Yeah. Uh, so there's all those positive aspects of it. And I think you have to be positive because otherwise you would just end up crying. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and when you think about the scale of the washing machine issue with man-made fibers, you know, that's terrifying. And, you know, you have to you have to be positive. You have to imagine that even if you wash your fleeces half as often, it will make a difference. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if we, if we all do the same thing, there will be half as much stuff going into the ocean. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, it's it's a dreadful, dra- drastic, horrendous problem. Um and we all have a part in it and we all have a part to play in making it better. Definitely. And the other thing I wanted to pick up on what you said there was the beach cleaning stations, because I think you trialled them to start with just with five, is that right? And now you said you've got four hundred? Yes, that's quite good. I think we had eight to start with. Okay. Um, but we only got we got data from one. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it wasn't data from that. It was we were just we were lucky enough that somebody imbued uh, Deb Rosser, who who incidentally is the lady who started Refill. Um, she did a uh, she does a beach clean every month, and she has been doing it for six years um, on Crooklets Beach. So we were able to look at her data for the last five or six years about how much she picks up. Mm-hmm. We noticed after the year of the beach clean station being at Crooklets, there was a 61% drop in the amount of litter they wow. were picking up on their beach cleans. So it's kind of so that it's this this idea that pe- all people are doing is borrowing a litter picker, taking a bag and going off and doing two minutes can result in 61% litter on one beach. And if it's doing it on 400 beaches, yeah. you kind of start to have a little warm, fuzzy feeling that maybe maybe it is starting yeah. to make a difference. So the you know, beach the clean beach... stations are, I, I have yet to see one itself, but it's in, they look like, where I've seen pictures, almost like an A-frame, sort of a little bit explaining what it is. You can, Like you said, you can borrow a litter picker, you can take a bag, and it just enables people to, to do their two-minute beach clean more easily. That's exactly it. It's an A-frame that's been specially designed for us, um, and the guys who designed it did put a lot of effort into, into making it so that it's got a picker box where the pickers live, and then a, a little slot where used plastic bags uh-huh. go um, that won't get blown out by the wind and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's it. And it just says, you know, love love the beach, make a difference with a two-minute beach clean. And have you had um, to put extra bins around them so that people can then put the litter somewhere? We don't put them anywhere where there aren't bins. Okay. So, um, and at the moment, we're, it's a bit of a kind of, you know... It, we're working on trying to get bins recycling bins with them yeah so that's a really big issue and it's a really big problem and we've got i mean there's a there's a new recycling bin imbued where people can put their two-minute beach clean stuff into the recycling bin and that was full within a couple of weeks it was amazing um that people actually were engaged enough to use it so we would like to put bins with all 400 yeah Currently, they can only go on places where there are bins yeah. so that we don't get accused of littering. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. which would be slightly ironic. That would be, that would be ironic. Um, and we're also trying to sort out the bag issue as well because we realise that there are plastic, that using plastic bags yeah. isn't the best idea. So, But initially, we looked at biodegradables, which is not right, yeah. and degradables, which is even worse. Um, and we came across the, you know, we just decided that using the bags under the sink was the best thing to do because it gives them another life. Yes. 
but now we don't have any bags under our sinks. Yes. <laughs> we're we're looking for a different way. So that's an on, it's an ongoing challenge. Um and it's really interesting working it out and we'll do it eventually. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a lot of work. And it's not just beach cleans, is it? I was um just scrolling through your Twitter feed and you know, two minute beach clean, two minute litter pick, two minute street clean. The the principle applies wherever you are. Two minute like litter pick on your dog walk. There's this whole plogging phase, isn't there, for people picking up plastic when they're out running. So it's just I loved what you said earlier about taking personal responsibility for your for your space and the space that you occupy every day. Yeah, that's the idea. I mean, it's just kind of, you know, the, this idea of leaving it nicer than it was when you got there. Mm. Uh, you know, never mind. Take any photo. You know, what's what's the phrase? Don't take anything more than photographs yes. and leave nothing but footprints. That's not enough. Yes, uh, that's not enough anymore. It needs to be leave it nicer than it was when you got there. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that sounds quite hardcore saying that sort of like, right, this is what we need to be doing. But that's what we need to be thinking about yeah. because we've trashed it, yeah. <laughs> you know. And, um, and, and, you know, we know that this two minute thing works because it is no time at all. So we just want to apply it to as many places as possible. And also, if we if people do two minute street cleans, it stops it from ending up on the beach. Mm. Um, and if people come up with two minute solutions for their shopping habits, it stops it from going in the ocean. So everything matters, you know, each one of those little subdivisions, yeah. if you like. And you've um, nicely segued onto the two-minute solution. But just one thing I want to ask you before that, and it's something that people ask me a lot, is they say, well, how do, I don't put the plastic in the ocean. You know, all this plastic is coming into the ocean from, I think it's 10 rivers or something like that, isn't it? Like, I don't put plastic in the ocean. I don't drop litter. How is it getting there? Well, you're buying it. You're using yeah. it. You're here. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> I, yeah, I agree. I just, I just struggle to answer that question sometimes when people ask um, me. Well, I, I mean, you know, elephants aren't making plastic and putting it in the rivers, are they? <laughs> neither are the insects, neither, neither are the trees. It's a human problem. Yeah. And as a human, we are responsible. There's no no two ways about it. And, you know, you have to believe that by changing habits in this country, so you going into the supermarket and saying, I want to bring my own tub in, I don't want to use your plastic tubs, or you choose loose tomatoes over mm. packaged tomatoes, those decisions that you make every day will have some influence at some point. Yes. And if we influence legislation in this country, then that will influence other countries yeah. and that you know, things move so quickly. Um, and it is a massively daunting problem. But there are countries in Africa who are banning plastic bags. Yes, I saw that with really oh. quite draconian fines for using them. Yeah. I mean, you know, amazing. Do it. Yeah. We should be doing it. You know, and, and actually everybody's waking up to this problem. So, you know, yes, I do my recycling yeah but you use it yeah oh and if you recycle there's no guarantee it's going to end up being recycled or being reused so unless you're doing without and living a a monastic life in a cave not using plastic of any form you're responsible yeah and i'm sorry to if it's if it sounds harsh or hardline but that's that's the truth of it yeah you know we can't wriggle out of it by being all pious (laughs) i don't think and that does bring us on to the two minute solution because Picking up the plastic is brilliant. And as you say, every single bottle picked up prevents that breaking down into microplastics. But actually, that's almost the sticking plaster and we need to come at it from the other end and start reducing the amount that's that's going out there. Um, and I just, um, a copy of your book arrived with me yesterday and I can't tell you how much I love it. <laughs> um, because it is so positive, it's so easy to read, it's so bite-sized, you're kind of you get those 
you said a minute ago, slightly hardcore messages. You managed to do that without being preachy and just that kind of, you know, guys, this is our problem. We've made this, but this is what we can do about it. So tell us how the book came about. Uh, well, the book was a lot was, uh, you know, I had the proposal for that out a while ago, um, but it wasn't until Blue Planet Two that suddenly my agent was kind of, yeah, we'll do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> suddenly woke up to it, so that was really good. And and you know, it was originally supposed to be a, a, a big book about life, mm. you know, about applying two minute principles to every aspect of your oh, life, um, which would have been quite interesting. And but but as it is, I think it's perfect in its current form. Um, so, I mean, the idea of two-minute solution was just something that I came up with. Uh, Chris Hines, who used to, who started Surfs Against Sewage, was a mentor of mine for a while, and we sat there one day and we spoke about what, where we would take the two-minute beach clean, and two-minute solution came out as the biggest and strongest potential, mm. simply because it's just a way of people sharing ideas on how to reduce their plastic usage. Yeah. Um, and so the, the book is a start point. And what was amazing though was that the two-minute beach clean app fed into that and I had this kind of um uh sort of light bulb moment when I realized that the stuff that people were picking up um there are seven items I think it's in the book isn't it that that, that basically items that we all use every yeah. day and we can all live without mm. and those seven items make up a third of the beach litter that's been recorded yeah. and you have to be you know you have to have your head so far in the sand or up somewhere <laughs> To not realise that you could make a difference yes. with those, with those facts. So actually, um, the idea that you know drinks bottles is number two or three or yeah. whatever. It's six percent. I can't remember what it is of what we're picking up. Um, you know, if you stop having drinks bottles, you stop that problem. Yeah. And there's no doubt about it. So so that was the real moment of going, yeah, we got it. Mm. You know, we've got original, unique facts that nobody else can use that's data from seven or 800 locations around the world. Um, And it's not as robust as it could be because it's not a massive amount of data, but it's giving us a pattern already Mm. and we can see that we can make a difference. And that's really exciting uh, because there's a connection, you know. And I love you talk um, in the book about convenience and how to a certain extent, plastic equals convenience, doesn't it? And we've become so used to everything being convenient, this demand for convenience and speed and ease. And and there's a sentence, and I can't remember what it is in the book, but it's something about like, well, you know, do you want convenience or do you want the planet? And it, and it does come down to that, essentially. Yeah, I think so. I mean, was it, do we, I can't remember what it is. <laughs> um, we have to free ourselves from the tyranny of convenience. Yes. Um, I mean, you know, yeah. I was listening to somebody the other day who some journalist on some radio program who was saying, yeah, but I can't, you know, my life, it doesn't work with carrying a a cup around for my coffee. Mm. It's ridiculous to, 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 this was about the coffee tax that we're talking about. And it was just kind of, I'm, you know, I'm so busy and I don't have room and I don't have space and I can't. And I just thought, God, you know, you selfish idiot, (laughs) you know, that you, that you place your, yourself yeah is more important than everything else on this planet yeah or just don't have a coffee what yeah well you know coffee? yeah exactly i mean but you know it's that attitude that we have to get over the fact that look you can buy a collapsible cup mm. stick it in your pocket stick it in your coat just you know it's not that hard yes you know, most coffee places will clean out your cup for you 
you know, I mean, even just things like taking a fork to work to yeah. eat your lunch, you know, it's not radical, <laughs> but it will make a difference. Yeah. And it's just, we have to get over ourselves because yes. we are, are, yeah, well, that's it. We need to get over ourselves. <laughs> yeah. And the book is just so easy to read and, um, you know, it's not, you said there's data in there and there is, there's really robust data in there, but it's, um, I love the fact that you kind of present the issue and then like, well, here's the solution and, and it's only going to take you two minutes to do this. And you just do each one of those, even if you just do one a week and change one thing a week. And it's about all these things becoming your new habits and your new normal, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, I think it's just the way of doing it, isn't it? Because you have to, I don't know. I mean, making tea with leaves mm. is a bit pain, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm still having problems with my colour and strength. Yes, but, you know, but it, but it's become normal for me to do that now. And I don't reach for the tea bags yeah. because I don't want to use that plastic. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I can't find non-plastic tea bags and nothing's convinced me yet that there are any. So, you know, I can do without. And it's the same with recycling, isn't it? You know, or end of life or these kind of like PLAs and new plastics. Um, you know, we haven't got them sorted out properly yet. So unless you can guarantee you know where it goes, okay. I, what its end of life is, um, you know, so for example, a wooden chip fork, you can use that as kindling mm -hmm. in the fire, mm. or you can put it in the garden, or you can put it, you know, you can, you know what will yeah. happen to it. Um, so you can use it. Um, but if you put it in the bin, it's going to landfill. It's not going to decompose in landfill. So, you know, you have to work out where it's going. Yes. And if you can do without it at all, you know, then that's the best thing to do. Yeah, because our, um, our school fair at the weekend, they had um, plastic cups, but they they had them emblazoned on them. I'm not a plastic cup and I can be composted. And everyone was going to me, oh, isn't this amazing? And I was like, well, yes and no, because it needs to be industrially composted. So you can't put it into your, you know, if you go into the recycling stream, it's going to mess it up. And, and everyone's like, whoa, I was like, yeah, it's not easy, I'm afraid. It's the emperor's new clothes yeah. at the moment, right? Um, and and it, I feel really ungenerous for saying mm. for saying because these you know these companies are coming up with these great solutions and people are buying it. You know, I'm a compostable coffee cup. Great. Is the is the coffee shop taking it back off you mm. and composting it industrially out the back? Yeah. Or are they sending it to an industrial composter? No, they're not. It's just going into landfill. So the answer that it'll decompose in landfill is utter horseshit. Yeah. Sorry to bad language <laughs> because. It, it won't get oxygen, it won't get light, it won't get turned over, it won't get heat, all that kind of stuff, and it'll sit next to a piece of plastic for eternity. Yeah. So it doesn't, you know, it doesn't decompose. It, if you give it the right conditions, it will decompose to nothing mm -hmm. to benefit the soil, which obviously bioplastics won't. Yeah. Uh, sorry, not bioplastics, degradable plastics mm -hmm. won't. Yeah. So if it's, so in some ways it's sustainable because it comes from sustainable sources, awesome, but unless it's treated properly it's still plastic yes it's made from different stuff so that's that's the issue with it and that's the gripe that i have and i think that's where all these people that are using plas and, and new plastics need to educate their customers about what they need to do with it yeah. and at the very least they need to take it back yes you know? yeah um take it back and, and a bit like you know costa for their sins they take coffee cups back and they recycle them okay. and they've they've worked out how to do it yeah they don't take very many back in the grand scheme of things but they do do it so actually that's what everyone needs to be doing especially with these new plastics yeah 
And um, I'm just aware that we've probably completely confused the hell out of everybody now and everyone's going, but it's just not easy and it's not easy. It's not but easy. the key no, message, I guess, is to is is that refuse and reduce first, isn't it? Before we think about recycling or anything like that. It's Yeah, I think so. Yeah, there's there's another side to this, which is which is something that somebody said to me the other day, which is if we do nothing, nothing happens. Yeah. If you do something things change mm -hmm. so so actually i've got a i've got a little pla uh, spoon in front of me that's a little disposable pla spoon which i quite like somebody gave me the other day um so using that is better than plastic yes it is but we but it's not perfect mm. then we can't be perfect yeah. so actually every step along the road is the right thing to do yeah and i but think we're thing learning all the time aren't we we only just very recently discovered the whole microfiber microplastic problem and sort of everyone's scrambling around trying to find solutions for that and there isn't as far as i'm aware an easy fix all solution for that at the moment but we just need to move in the right direction and do the things that we can well exactly and everything makes a difference so even if you do use you know i, I and it does sound like i'm i'm sort of talking in double standards because i'm saying oh pla is bad but actually no it's not it's good but it's just that we need to think about where it goes mm. so end of life is the kind of key phrase isn't it yeah think about where it will go when you finish with it yeah if you can and that's um, that taking responsibility again, isn't it? Not only taking responsibility for your environment by picking up the litter. It's like, what am I actually putting out there into the world that at some point has to be dealt with? And how is it dealt with? Yeah, exactly. It's being conscious, isn't it? Here you go. The phrase plastic conscious, as somebody said to me the other day, oh, okay. being conscious is really lovely. You know, it's it, we can't be plastic free, but we can be plastic conscious. Oh, like and we, we can be plastic clever as well. Yes. You know, um, and it's just about thinking and if you think then you know it's like when you look you see and yeah. you think you can come up with answers oh, so yeah it's all it's quite it's 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 really hard yes know what to do you know I'm someone who's really aware of it and I find it really difficult um and that just shows you how difficult it is for everybody yeah um, and I think sometimes there's this Instagram aesthetic of a, a plastic free or a zero waste lifestyle that's you know the mason jar and all that sort of thing but in reality for the rest of us in the trenches with you know kids and jobs and busy lives it's it's doing it's being conscious and making the best decisions you can at the time yeah definitely I mean that's all you can do isn't it and and then in each one of those decisions adds up yeah you no, know, it's really, I mean, it is really hard. I'm sitting here in my office and I am completely surrounded by plastic. <laughs> you know, I've got, I've got Sharpie um, markers yeah. and I've got uh, a hard drive and I've got a keyboard and I've got my books. Some of my books have got plastic um, in the print, yeah. you know, and there's a printer and a computer and a table and <laughs> it's, it's, it's virtually impossible to get rid of it. But on the, on the plus side, I've got a fountain pen and that creates no plastic waste. Yeah. So, um, you know, you do what you can when you can and it will matter. Brilliant. So. I'm super aware of time and I've already kept you longer than I said you would. Um, so there's a lot to talk about, isn't there? There is so much to talk about and I could probably talk to you for several hours. Um, tell everyone where we can come and find you and where we can come and find out more about the Two Minute Beach Clean and about your book. Okay, well, my book is published by Ebury, which is an imprint of Penguin, mm -hmm. and it can be found at all good bookshops <laughs> um, or on the Two Minute Beach Clean uh, website, which is beachclean.net. Um, we've got some 
Uh, my publisher very kindly gave us a whole load of copies to sell, so we keep all the profit oh, from that. Um, so that's good. Um, Beachclean.net is the is the website for the Two Minute Beach Clean, but probably to look at at Two Minute Beach Clean on Instagram is the best way to get a feel for what we do and who we are. Um, and uh, yeah, that's about it. Or you can find me on Instagram at, at Martin Dory. Brilliant. Thank you so much. And I will link to all those in the show notes. It's been absolutely Thanks. fascinating, and I love it when one person comes up with an idea and it, it kind of spirals and it grows and it's that whole pebbles on a beach analogy isn't it like you've you've done one thing and everyone else has joined in and just that collective if you think of the number of two minutes added together that's a hell of a lot of time a lot of plastic saved a lot of time spent cleaning a beach it's absolutely phenomenal well let's hope so and it's really lovely to hear it because it sometimes we just don't know and you kind of think oh god you know what's the point of this but actually <laughs> Um, when it comes down to it, positivity is the key and it is making a difference. And, you know, if I can in influence people a little bit with my books, then wonderful. You know, hopefully I will leave this planet a little nicer than it was when I got here. Yeah, same way in leaving a beach a bit nicer than when you got there. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's see about that. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you so much. You're an absolute superstar. been listening to Sustainable-ish, you wonderful sack of loveliness, with me, Jen Gale. Hopefully we've fired some neurons and we've got the old grey matter thinking about what changes you can make in your life this week to live that little bit more sustainably. Do let me know what that is. I love to hear about the changes that people are making, big or small, every single one counts. If you've enjoyed the show, and I hope you have, do hop over to iTunes to leave a comment or a review and then the bots at iTunes will cotton on to just how awesome it is and it will show up in more people's feeds. Or at least I think that's how it works. Thanks so much for listening. I will catch you next time. Listener.